This is TBI, talking brain injury from Brain Injury Alliance, Colorado. My name's Phil Lindemann, I'm your host and four-time recipient of brain injuries I don't even remember, plus a whole bunch I kinda maybe do remember. Today I'm talking with Jenica Miller. Jenica was fast asleep in the backseat of a friend's car when her life changed forever. I was in a car accident with three other individuals. The driver fell asleep at the wheel and went off the side of the road and uh, I was ejected from the car. Jenica was barely 19 at the time. When she was ejected, she suffered a broken back and traumatic brain injury, and she was one of the lucky ones. Another passenger was killed. I could have been the one that was you know, ejected from the car and could have died. In the years since her accident, Jenica has learned to live with TBI. She has also learned to let go of regret. It was stupid. You know, we shouldn't have been driving so late at night or so early in the morning for something like this to have happened. You know, it is what it is. Tragedy can come with a silver lining. That fatal accident brought Jenica closer to her mom and a family she'd been running away from. We talk with Jenica today about that fateful night, her injury, her journey, and that next silver lining. Remember, our guests are here to share stories of recovery and what has worked for them. So please contact your doctor for medical advice and the treatment that's best for you. Hey, it's Phil with the BIAC Podcast, Talking Brain Injury, Brain Injury Alliance, Colorado. And today I've got uh, Jenica. Jenica joining me from down south. How you been, Jenica? I've been good, man. Everything's going great. Good to hear it. And um, Jenica, I feel bad. We haven't really had the chance to see each other in person in years since like Easter Seals. First training we had as mentors. Yeah, man, it's been a ride. It's been awesome. I'd love to uh, share my story and to connect with other survivors and see what they're going on and how they're living life and how it can help them. This community just keeps on growing bigger and bigger. Um, So you got to tell me, what have you been up to in the meantime or where are you living these days? Still same place? So I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yep. Down south. All right. Great. And um, how about uh, work? So I work for the for a PACE program. It's programming for all-inclusive care for the elderly. It's down here in Colorado Springs. Denver kind of knows it as InnovAge, um, but it's a very similar type of program. We reach out to the elderly, 55 plus, to help them maintain their independence and keep them living at home for as long as they can. Staying busy, I'm sure. Very, very busy. We had just expanded to uh, two locations down here in Colorado Springs. I'm hoping to expand to at least two more in the next coming years. Pretty awesome to watch the growth and like what my uh, company has done and the growth that they've taken this community to. It's awesome. Yeah, doing some great work. I mean, uh, so in a typical day, um, are you actually meeting up with clients or are you more kind of like behind the scenes, uh, you know, taking care of big picture stuff? No, I meet up with clients. So I work on site. Um 40 hours a week. I program and I'm a recreation therapist. So I plan and program, implement, I evaluate, I do the whole nine yards of what a recreation therapist does. It's pretty cool. So we plan, we implement, we assess, and we kind of evaluate kind of how our programs go. We do the whole nine yards of what recreation is to our senior community participants. Like, can we? get them involved with the community? Can we get them involved more in the center with recreation and activities? I love my job, man. <laughs> I love hearing it. What, what's the hot recreation opportunity right now for the people you're working with? I mean, pickleball <laughs> comes to mind or something like that. <laughs> oh, it's always bingo. Bingo is always number one. 
I hear from people that live independently in a senior facility or from people that live in a long-term care facility. Bingo is number one, but it's more than bingo. It's about the arts and crafts. It's about like your emotional wellness. It is about like your self-esteem. Um, and we also provide physical activities every day. We do exercise every day. It's awesome. All right. So so it's more, recreation's more about just getting out there and, and making connections than it is like, you know, running laps around a track or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. We hit all the core domains. Like we want to, like I said, like we want to hit their emotional wellness. We want to hit their self-esteem. We want to hit their creative aspects. We do arts and crafts. We do their physical activities as well. We do exercise every day. We have everything from like putt-putt golf has been a major hit lately to even just like some seated Zumba or some seated dance exercise. Now, uh, given your background and history with brain injury, have you found that uh, you know helping other people find these recreation opportunities has helped you? Like, do you get something out of it? I, absolutely, I I totally do. You know, like just having them come to my activity is a big, major like, it's it's a big thing. You know, like having them get out of their chairs into our day center area from where they just socialize and talk and eat to actually attend an activity is a huge success story every day that's my main goal is to get them up and move in and doing something else besides their daily routine good well they've got a good uh champion on their side in you i'm sure yeah yeah thank you man <laughs> appreciate that all right jenica well now let's hear a little bit about well the reason why you're here to talk um so brain injury alliance colorado you've been involved for a couple of years now but take me all the way back to um well the injury that you had um what went down um so i was in a car accident with three other individuals the driver fell asleep at the wheel and went off the side of the road, and uh, I was ejected from the car. I sustained a traumatic brain injury, and I also had my lower back um, incapacitated. I broke my L2 and L3 vertebrae, um, so I sustained a back injury upon a TBI. So it's been a challenge for me to learn how to incorporate my physical needs upon my intellectual needs, for sure. The balancing act is real, yep. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and this all happened, what, 2009, you said? Uh, 2008, actually. 2008. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So you're almost, I mean, yeah. It was October 29th, so I feel like I was a a, a fairy. I was a little Tinkerbell for yeah. Halloween that year. <laughs> Not unintentionally planned. <laughs> how I just always, like, you know, make fun of it and just... It's my, you know, as TBI survivors, we are the story behind our story. Yeah, that's the truth. And humor goes a long ways to helping, well, cope with um, everything else that we have to deal with. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so you're coming up on, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a while since the accident then. How are you doing today? Um, you know, before we get to, like, you know, some of the struggles you had right after the accident, how are you doing today with not only mental recovery, but also that physical recovery? You know, you're back. Um, you know, I still find my challenges. Um, I used to, as in high school, I was an athlete. I loved all sports. I did soccer, track and field, um, cross country. I did a lot of running, a lot of outdoor excursions, you would say. Um, I've been limited to it since my TBI. Um, I don't get out as much as I want to. Um, I'm hoping to do the, you know, the Pikes Peak Challenge this year. Probably just do a little, uh, easier hike than what I anticipated this year. Um, I always try and push myself to do the full 
14er. I've done it at least twice in my lifetime, which is pretty awesome to say, at least since my TBI. Um, but, you know, I, I do what I can. I do as many hikes and walks and get outdoors as much as I can, push my body as much as I can, but I just can't physically do it. Mentally, that's where I've always struggled. I didn't even think right after my TBI that I had a brain injury. I was like, oh, I'm just this person that just, you know, had an accident and can do anything I wanted. It wasn't until I actually went through my recovery, I got back into school where I started seeing my mental challenges. Um, so now more I take that into play of what I actually can do cognitively and like emotionally and just like how can I push myself each and every day to reach my full capacity? It's more of a challenge now. How old were you during the accident? Um, I was, oh, God, <laughs> um, 19. Okay, so young. Yeah, I was. Okay, great. And were yeah. you going to, so were you going to school at the time or was school like come, coming up for you? Um, during my, uh, challenges that I had before my accident, I was going to school. It was earlier on in my freshman year of college. Um, that kind of ended right after my accident. Um, but then I got, got right back into it right after my accident. So, you know, I started college, I did a semester and then I had to quit for a few months before I got back into it. To kind of let your brain heal or, well, rest and kind of cope with, like you said, the the, the yeah. mental side of things, yeah, be, being able to, uh, realizing that, wow, this is a, a bigger challenge, a bigger hurdle than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, along with that car accident, I was going through a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of um, younger, I, I call it the younger years of growing and learning, you know? Um, again, I was like, you know, 18, 19, trying to get back into life after high school trying to figure things out. And then after my accident, I, I truly started growing up and figuring like, this is where life really needs me to and where it needs to take me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so wild. You know, when you have an accident at that kind of critical time in life, I mean, being a teenager is difficult as it is. And then you (laughs) throw a traumatic injury on top of it like this. Um, What kind of, I guess what kind of um well what kind of support system did you have back then? Did you have a good one or was that another struggle that you know you were kind of like feeling well unsupported? No, I had a great support system actually. Um the things I was running away from was my family, was my mother, and uh it came back to me right after my accident. My mother was always there for me. I was trying to run away from that lifestyle that I was given and thrown at me. And then after my traumatic brain injury, I came back to it. I had to. I had no other choice. Um, And my mom was the full support system that gave me that opportunity to bring me back to what I needed to fight through, which was a full blessing in disguise. Um, I was going through a lot of family drama, a lot of family things going on. I was running away from. And then I came back to being part of that family and being part of that support system that I, I truly had from the start which is a true blessing in disguise for me. Yeah, you've told me that your mom is your hero. Yeah, she is. She is totally my hero. And uh, it's interesting because um, in 2020, uh, time of the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, 
a time of change in all of our lives. Um, my mom decided to retire. She ended up uh, selling me her home and I bought her home with my significant other. And that's where we're at now is redoing her home and making a life for ourselves. It's awesome. It's like a 360 turn. That is such a cool journey. And I'm sure it was not easy, you know, through the process of it. But now that you got some hindsight on it, like you said, you can look back and say like, yeah, I'm so grateful to have well, mom and uh, mom support and family support and coming back to, uh, well, maybe what you were, you well, know, when you're a teenager, you, you like to run away from things, push boundaries. I mean, it's just kind of what teenagers do. It's, it's where we go in life when we're that age. Exactly. Yep. It is exactly. Phil. like, you know, I, I did, I was trying to run away from everything in my past that I didn't want to be a part of. And I came back to what I needed to be a part of, you know, this is exactly where life has taken me. And I'm so blessed to have everything in my life that it is what it is it's great yeah of course though it is it's too bad that you know there had to be trauma in there in the meantime and one question that was coming up to me is i thought about i've talked to a lot of people who have had um, tbis through some kind of accident you know a car accident or crashed a motorcycle and most of the folks i've talked to you know they were the driver um you know they were the one who was either hit by another driver or they they were the ones that were you know solo driver and crashed your situation's definitely different because you were passenger when somebody else fell asleep um and and I wanted to talk about that if you want to talk about it, about the, um well, the process of, I don't know, um, blame and forgiveness that goes with the driver. Oh, very interesting. Yes. Um, I would love to talk about it. Um, it was hard. I knew the driver in high school. I knew the backseat passenger after high school. Um, the front seat passenger was someone that was fairly new to the group and the relationship that we all had together, which was the gentleman that passed away in the accident. You know, I, I take a lot of regret into knowing that I could have passed. I could have been the one that was, you know, ejected from the car and could have died. And knowing that the front seat passenger was the one who was the reason for our drive down to and for the trip that we took. And he's the one that passed away. There was a lot of regret with that. Um, it's taken a lot of years for me to relieve myself of that regret, that, that regret, you know, um, and knowing that it happened the way it happened. Um, I don't know these people anymore. I don't talk with them. They're not part of my social life. They're not a part of anything in my life. And I'm okay with that. Um, I've kind of left that part of my past in my past where it kind of needs to be. It's unfortunate. It's hard, but it's kind of where it just needs to be for me to move on with my life. Um, yeah. So a fatal accident as well. Um, one person out of the four. Yeah. It was one person out of the four that passed away. Okay. Did everybody else suffer injury? Yeah. Yes. Some people, others suffered injuries. So the driver ended up with a um, femur, broken femur and a broken nose. And the other backseat passenger that I knew of had a lot of PTSD. But I feel like we all suffered from PTSD. 
we all suffer from that fatal percussion of knowing what the actions that we took that day has taken us into today, you know? I, and I only hope, I don't talk with anyone from that accident and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, I just, I hope to today that we all just know what we did was, it was stupid. You know, we shouldn't have been driving so late at night or so early in the morning for something like this to have happened. You know, it is what it is. In my job, you know, I work at a radio station up in Summit County. Uh, so right off of I-70, right, we, we see a lot of car accidents. It's like what we report on most of the time, letting people know where roads are closed and where the accidents are. And so I spend a lot of time talking to State Patrol. Drowsy driving is scary common. It is, mm-hmm. it, it is one of the top leading causes of accidents. Maybe not one of the leading causes of fatal accidents, but it's right up there with impaired driving and aggressive driving. Um, drowsy driving, just it's scary to think how many people are out on the road driving drowsy just in the middle of the afternoon. It doesn't know any time difference either. It's State Patrol says, you know, they find drowsy drivers two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Um, it happens yeah. frequently. It does. It's very unfortunate. Um, well, and like you were saying, you know, you, you've been able to work through it. And, you know, many years down the road, you're feeling, um, well, confident in, you know, leaving that part of your past as your past. How did you work through that? Was that something that, you know, you worked through on your own or did you... Um, as you lean on professionals, you know, therapy or friend groups or, you know, even like your mom? Um, I worked through it within myself, but also with my family. I have seeked professionals early on in my past, early on with my recovery, you know, but it just wasn't something that was fit to me. It wasn't something that I was willing to continue on for, um, Insurance obviously plays a big role in that, <laughs> as we all know, as TBI survivors trying to find an adult, as adults trying to find insurance and something that fits our, you know, uh, financial needs and our our true needs. It just wasn't something for me. So it's something that I've really just fit on through myself. And it's just like a lot of the um, self-care techniques that I've taken on with that. Yeah, let's talk about those. Some of those uh, strategies that you found that really help you. Self-care. A lot of yoga, a lot of meditation, a lot of just like self-care along by, you know, what I do in my everyday life. I have a big garden that I love to care to and tend to. I have two dogs um, that I love and I care for. Uh, My house as well. I just put myself and my mind into other projects and other things. I'm not distracting or taking away from my past and the things that I need to focus on and work through. Um, I just find other ways to work on it and work through it. I love how you say that. I'm not distracting myself or I'm not, you know, just burying it somewhere so that it can come back when I least expect it. No, you're using these other strategies to, well, to work through it, to to make it better for yourself, to live your best life. Yeah. You know, especially my garden, my garden is a huge hit for me because shows me that new life is always producing and always growing it's so interesting this past year um we ended up taking everything from last year's garden prospects and put it into my old garden and we uh kind of cleaned up that garden and 
uh, tilled everything. And it's interesting how I can see new life growing in old aspects. Like this year was a big hit for me with my garden. Yeah, good growing season. What are you growing there? Oh, I have, <laughs> I have everything, Phil. I got <laughs> potatoes. I got tomatoes. I have uh, carrots. I have spinach. I started this year and lettuce. I started this year. Um, I got my zucchini as always. I love zucchini. Uh, we started the raspberry plants, but it was just interesting how and, and corn. Um, how everything I put in my old garden. I have like tomato plants growing. I I, I didn't even grow tomatoes over here in this garden area but they're here they are are you walking through it right now i am (laughs) i could tell i could tell it sounds like you are definitely in like a a good happy place right now just (laughs) absolutely i love my garden oh Um, man when's uh yeah yeah. cucumbers are struggling a little bit this year but yeah they can't all be winners yeah No, I love it. Um, yeah, I actually recently, God, a couple months ago, uh, actually start of summer, I talked with uh, Elise Pyburn. She's a uh, a friend of mine up here in Summit County um, who's also, well, she's a gardening pro. She does like landscaping professionally, but her home garden is like, nice. it's where she goes to zen out. It's, it's like what yeah. she does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a zen place for sure. I love this time of year. I think that's why I suffer so much in the winter years in the winter like you know season. Cause I don't have my green thumb going. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. No, no indoor plant. Well, indoor plants are different. Like, sure. They're cool. They're there and everything, but they're not quite like a garden. It's not like you can't really grow too much inside that you can then eat off of for the rest of the week. Right. I mean, you, right. you, no, you got a full on farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My, my, my house is a little bit more enclosed. I don't have as many windows as I want for more indoor plants. That's all. Uh, is that maybe on your list of renovations for the house? <laughs> make some more, knock out some walls, make some windows. Oh, oh it is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. D- well, tell me about that process too. Cause like you mentioned, uh, you bought, um, your mom's old house and now you're living in, in it with your partner. And, um, that's gotta be another cool project to take on something with him, you know, making, making home your own. Yeah, it for sure is. We love it. Um, we redid our we did redid our basement. Um, at least painted it. We want to finish the basement. It's unfinished basement. So we're gonna try and get the ceiling and everything else going there. We started painting some walls. Um, I have a bunch of different rooms we've painted. Been talking about more about our kitchen space, redoing all that up. So new projects coming on all the time. Kind of just depends on when we're in the mood. Yeah, painting is a uh, Painting is hard. It's a lot of shoulder work. <laughs> <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. I will tape the corners, but don't make me actually paint anything. I'll go break a pipe so that I can fix it <laughs> before I'll go get out there and paint. Oh, are you a welder now? <laughs> <laughs> I could learn. I'd rather do that than paint. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, um, I love spending time out in the garage uh, redoing some wood, you know, sod and sanding and painting making new shelves making new things that's fun too yeah yeah it's it's a great time i myself am also a relatively new homeowner um actually 2020 that's when uh, me and my wife moved into our place 
man, it's the COVID homes. Go us. Seriously. Uh, you know, it, it was a rough year for a lot of people, rough for me too, but um, that was a big win. That was a huge win. Yeah, it was. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Um, uh, uh, your partner, um, tell me a little bit about him. Um, you know, what's it like living with your partner? Is this the first time you have? Um, it's been interesting because we met back when I was in high school. We met back in probably like 2006, 2005, 2006. Um, worked at Perkins Restaurant Bakery together. Kind of took our spiel and did our own separate ways for many years. Um, reconnected uh, back in 2016. And we've been dating since then. And it's been awesome and wonderful. He's like my best friend. Love hearing it. Also, th- it, there seems to be kind of a, a, a theme in your life that um, some of these people that you knew, well, people that have been you since you were born, family, and then also your partner, somebody that you knew back in high school, kind of disappeared for a while and then came back and you're in a happy place rediscovering these people that, well, have been part of your life for a long time. There's something interesting with a, being a TBI survivor, you know, you come back to this new life as a, you know, a survivor and trying to learn your new ways. Um, and you're able to reconnect with a lot of different people or you meet a lot of different like friends. I feel like as survivors, we struggle to make those connections, but I've been recently rediscovered in the last few years that I can reconnect with a lot of my old friends from high school or making new connections. I feel like it's something that's a struggle and difficult for us. Just all the other TBI survivors that I've talked with, it's hard to make those connections, but it's possible. And I want to bring that about and something I want to bring about like being a mentor is you can make connections. It's, 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 it's hard. It's not easy, but it is possible. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's, it's a concept that I've come back to actually from, uh, somebody who was a big part of my life for a long time. Um, this idea of life partners that, you know, like I've only got a capacity for so many best friend type people, you know, maybe three or four of them. Um, and sometimes I get jealous of people that I see who seemingly on the outside, they're friends with everybody. They know everybody and they, and they like connect with everybody too. And I'm like, God, why can't I do that? You know, why is it so hard for me to make like meaningful connections with dozens of people? Well, I think part of it is just my personality. The other part is my capacity for those relationships. I think I'd rather put my time and energy and effort into three, four, five truly lifelong connections than spread myself thin. And that's just how it works for me. Uh, And I'm happy that way. You know, it's take me a while to get over the jealousy of the other people who seem to be, um, you know, everyone's best friend. But, um, you know, that's for them. For me, it's something different. Right. No, I agree with you completely. Um, I just, I've kind of looked at my calendar recently and, you know, in the summer trying to connect with friends, you know, I have a few friends from high school that are like, Hey, let's hang out and let's do things. And then a few friends from college are like, Hey, I want the same thing. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see how my calendar looks and let's see how I can fit you in. And then from other friends, just from life experiences, I'm like, wow, my calendar is packed. Can and how can I hold back? How can I fit these people in uh, by allowing myself my own personal time at the same time? It's a wonderful feeling, a little overwhelming, 
But at the same time, again, a wonderful feeling to know that there's so many people that want to connect and be a part of your life. Amen to that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And and like, you know, when I say like, you know, I've got those three, four or five life partner type people, it doesn't mean that I discount everybody else that comes in and I'm out of my life. I just, um, right. you know, it's, it's just that, uh, Oh, just the other day, actually, I took a trip down to Durango. Um, never been to Durango, which blows my mind because a good friend of mine from college lives down there. And now that we're talking about reconnections, that's exactly what happened there. I haven't seen her in seven or eight years. Um, Went down there and fell into it like we had, you know, we just saw, seen each other two days ago. And yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a blast. Got to go and hang in Durango. She showed me around, got to meet her, uh, her partner, uh, got to meet her dogs, got to check out her house. It was just kind of like, why did we wait so long to, to see each other again? And, you know, made that promise to like, you know what, let's make sure that we at least see each other every year instead of waiting every eight years. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about that trip in particular was um, getting to introduce a friend from way back when to who I am now and also, you know, my wife and my life as it is today. And the fact that like, yeah, we were both just so incredibly happy for each other that we, you know, have, well, we, we, we've grown up and yet we haven't grown apart. Right. And I think that's where you truly know where your life true friends are. So like when you can come back to the spot of when you first connected or reconnected last time you reconnected and everything just sets off. That's when, you know, like these people are, these people are true. And it's a gut feeling, right? You don't even have to try for it. It is right. Exactly. It's a gut feeling. You just, you, you just know. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, Jenica, the last big question that I had for you is, you know, looking back on the the experiences that you've had, you know, particularly with injury and also, you know, finding your own path to recovery. I think that's so powerful what you said that, you know, as much as some people might want to, uh, you know, do therapy or do, you know, a, a lot of professionally guided rehab Sometimes that's not in the cards because there's no money for it. Um, talk about advice that you have for folks that might be in the same boat as you that are like, you know, I want to get better, but there's, there's, there's limitations, specifically money or maybe location or, or just access to services. It's truly just about their circumstance and what truly fits for them. And it's what I continue to tell people, you know, if going to therapy and, um, if you seek that understanding for someone else and do it, you know, if that's what is for you, then it is. And I did it for a little bit. It just wasn't for me. Um, but I've just truly talking, connecting with other individuals and being part of the, you know, the BX support system and the mentorship is for you. And then go for that too. You just got to flow the way that you flow. And you're still mentoring these days, right? Yeah, I sure am. I just got a new mentor a few months ago. It's been going great. You know, and, and exactly just what I said. I got to go with what their flow is and what they're doing. Great. Someone and I there... feel like uh, Zach has really set up great individuals together and doing what he needs to do on his end. 
to connect those individuals. Uh, somebody there in the Springs? Oh, no, Zach from the yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Zach definitely our our um, yeah, no. you know the mentor yeah. uh, um, coordinator. Um, but your, yeah, yeah. your your mentee, someone there in the Springs? Uh, no, she's up in Monument. So Zach has been able to connect me with someone a little bit uh, locally closer to me, which has been nice. Um, I've had individuals from all over the state of Colorado, which has been really cool to kind of see what different individuals have for their connections and how I can connect them and stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I, I, I love just, um, you know, how large this community is and, um, well, the fact that everybody's working towards that same goal. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jenica, thanks again for making time to get on. So good to hear from you. I wish that I could be right there in your garden because that sounds like a great place to be this afternoon. <laughs> Phil, if you ever uh, come down to the Springs, you let me know. I most definitely okay. will. We'll go to Garden of the Gods. We'll go see some, uh, Cool sites. Uh, you you got to show me tour guide because you know I've I've lived in the state my whole life. The Springs is one of the few places that is like that giant black hole for me. I don't know anything about it. I've rarely spent any time down there. I will be willing to show you everything that you need to know. My tour guide to the Springs. Yes. Let's <laughs> <see> each other. Okay? <laughs> Definitely, Jenica. Well, when I make it down there, I will be sure to hit you up, and um, hopefully, it's right around harvest season. I guess, I'm guessing your house is popping when it's time to start pulling all those veggies inside it's an everyday excursion man so come on down whenever you want um anyone else come and see me let me know <laughs> all right jenica thank you so much. i appreciate it of course appreciate your time and always good to uh catch up with you and um yeah keep on going strong so stoked to hear that life is just going good for you awesome man thank you so much all right jenica you have a good one it's phil here on the uh, tbi talking brain injury podcast from brain injury alliance colorado